I'm Sandy. And I'm Amy. We're two women taking on life's questions as posed by our listeners. In this podcast, we're channeling over 10 decades of life experience to tackle the probing questions and issues by first recognizing the real and life situations. While we also pursue the ideal in the conversations. Thanks for joining us. And if you like our podcast, please share, rate, review so others can listen in. Now to our conversation. Well, hello, Sandy. We are in uh, springtime, I'm just going to say. And today we're going to talk about the five love languages. I love, I can't, I love this discussion. And of course, there's always a story. I've got a story behind this, but, uh, and it's very topical. I do. I have a story behind this. And um, I just completed a four-part workshop and we talked about the love languages just a couple nights ago. And it was very interesting and getting different feedback. And yeah, um, I do have to give a little fair warning. I, it is so beautiful out and I'm looking at the mountains here in Durango, Colorado, and my dog's sitting here and I'm in the backyard with my coffee because we're taping a little later than usual. So it's nice out, got my run in this morning, but we have the most amazing wind chime and it was made overseas and it's some special kind of wind chime that I'm not going to get up, but um, it can be really loud, but it's a beautiful thing. So if you hear, awesome. yeah, I'll have to look it up and put it in the notes, but it's a certain playing of a waterfall or something so that's what you're hearing nice that's lovely little things we get enjoyment of later in life right i know yeah yeah yeah. we are i think we're getting that weather tomorrow because today it's still a little chilly and windy but tomorrow it's supposed to be upper 70s so i'm so excited to be able to sit outside very exciting very exciting all right so let's talk Five Love Languages. Um, This is a book by Gary Chapman, and it's been around for a while. I do not know the actual original publishing date, but I want to say it's probably been 20 years. I remember when my nephew, who is, um, he's 30 now, and I remember when he was a teenager, I gave him this book because he had a girlfriend. It was his first girlfriend. So he was in high school and I gave him the book. Cause I'm like, you know what? I think you're a perfect age to read this and understand it. Like this is a lifelong skill. <laughs> so I remember. So the book's been around a long time. Okay, so Amy, uh, actually I'm looking here and the first copyright of love languages, uh, I'm looking inside the cover was 1992. So almost 30 years. Wow. Yeah. Almost 30 years. And then it was reproduced in 95. And then again in 94, the copy of the book that I have. So if I'm reading my inside uh, cover correctly, that is what it is saying. Wow. So it's been around a while and it's by a therapist. Oh, therapist. I can't remember what his title is, but I do know he did marriage counseling. Yes. And that's where he came up with this idea because he kept seeing all of these patterns mm-hmm. and this is what he came up with. So let's talk about the five love languages really quick. Okay. Um, they are, the first one is words of affirmation. Second is physical touch. I have a graphic here so I can remember all of them. The third one is receiving gifts. 
fourth quality time, and then the fifth one is acts of service. All right, so the key to this understanding this is if you have a love language, it's kind of like you having you speaking French and me speaking Spanish. And if we're talking to each other, neither one of us can understand each other. Mm -hmm. But if I were to start speaking French, you would then start understanding me, right? Very good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Amy, before you go yeah. further, declaration, what's your love language? Mine is words of affirmation. And so is mine. Okay. And is then it? one more question and then we'll keep going. What is Tom's? Tom's is physical, physical it, touch. Here it is quality time. Oh yeah, that's Tom's second one. Mm -hmm. What's, do you know your second one? Yes, and I'm gonna look at my list here just to, so I don't talk out of uh, sorts here. Uh, acts of service. Is my acts second. of service. Good. Mine came up receiving gifts which is very it's interesting so to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I am not a big uh, gift. Like I don't, I don't really like stuff, but what I was thinking when I, I saw that as my second one, I was like, well, isn't that interesting? But I will say I do like very thoughtful gifts. Mm -hmm. Like when there's good card, you know, flowers yeah. out of nowhere. Yes. Yes. Passing down something that mom had that she thought might be special to you, that type of thing. Sentimental yes. gifts, thoughtful yes. gifts. Yes. Yes. That's where it is. It's not about just the stuff. It's about the thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. All right. So you and Garrett speak different languages. How does that work out? How's that go? Um, it's first off, it's really good to know now that we speak the, the, the understanding and almost like an, in, not an inside joke. Um, he'll remind me quality time, Sandy, remember quality time. And even like, oh, words of affirmation, because when you speak different languages, it's hard to understand the other. You tend to, like right now we're both like, oh, we're both words of affirmation. We get it, right? Mm -hmm. But the reason it's important to know somebody else's language is because it can create a lot of conflict if you don't. And so that little reminder to each other, because back to quality time, I, I have a hard time getting that because sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to give a dissertation, you know, like give me the brief, right? And I'm going to move on to the next thing. And yeah. he really likes to spend the time talking through things, right? And I would always give the comment of he talks through things to exhaustion but that's part of the physical time. It's taking our time through the meal. It's not rushing through to go on to the next thing. And so it's good for me to understand that comes from a place of love, right? That he wants yeah. to spend time with me, that he's not trying to waste my time. And for me, the thing that always boggled him with me was it's back to your uh, comparison with gifts. For me, words of affirmation, I'm a, not a needy person at all. I am not a person that needs, like if you, you, I don't have the personality that you would think that that would align with me, but let's break it down a little bit. You know, words of affirmation doesn't mean that I'm insecure, right? Or it's just that it, it's a thoughtful gesture in my mind. Okay. Right. So affirmation that how we're spending our time and what I'm doing is meaningful is why, what I think that means to me. That means that am I, if I, if I'm investing time in a relationship and something, cause almost everything I do is to, is part of a relationship. 
So I think I, I, the words, the phrases and groupings are just a good way to recognize them, but they go a little bit deeper and they mean a little bit more to people. So the key is really unwinding why that showed up as your love language and being able to communicate it with other people right. because it's not just in marriage. That's the big thing. My big takeaway I'd like to say to everyone is the two biggest things that I would say about love languages is it's a great scenario to describe how you feel valued. And, and they're, it's, they're very great indicators of, to look, you can't, you don't have to go to everybody around you and say, please take the love languages and tell me what it is. But outside of just your spouse, your kids, the people you work with, the friendships, that's also how you should value other people and make sure you're honoring their love language. Do you hear yes. my, I have a lot, I hear your on times, yeah. a lot going on. <laughs> it's, it's singing while you're, <laughs> while you're talking, you know, so very true. When I read this book, the back of the book had a whole section on children and one of it really resonated because my kids were young and it said something about how children can come from the same family and grow up and at the end, you know, in their adulthood, they can say, mom didn't love me the way she loved you. Mom or dad didn't love me the way I could tell he loved you. You know, they're, they don't feel that connection. And the reason is because if as a parent, I'm only giving words of affirmation because that's my language and that's what's easy and natural. And I'm giving that to all the kids Whereas if I have a child that acts of service is their language, I'm speaking a foreign language to them and she's never receiving my love. So that was very pivotal for me because I could start identifying my kids and what their love language was. And I could start practicing and making sure I was giving them what they needed. And because I have one that's acts of service. And I discovered that and I was like, oh my gosh. So, you know, me pushing her to be independent and taking care of herself is probably not exactly expressing love to her. <laughs> like, you, you know, me saying, just do it yourself. That's not, that, that was more detrimental. And so I had to balance that. That's really good. And in finding it in others, it's, it's, the best self-awareness tools are not just understanding ourselves. I always like to say life isn't a solo sport and anybody who takes all these different tools, all these different books and applies them only to themselves are missing out on the great value because the bigger yeah. value is how to relate it with other people and the relationships that you have and, and under better understanding, just like we seek to be understood, the people around us seek to be understood too. Right. And the, the best relationships back to your question on how do Garrett and I work through that? We work through it by understanding each other, valuing each other. And that means a lot to each other that we're honoring what's important to each one of us. Right. Right. So here's a, here's well, a, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say one of the things that I started challenging myself to do because, you know, Tom's physical and mine are words of affirmation. So I give him a lot of words of affirmation mm -hmm. and he doesn't, it doesn't register at all. So right. one of the things I started doing is when I'm giving him words of affirmation, I've started touching his arm 
or just touching him somewhere mm -hmm. so that it's like, oh, thanks for, you know, emptying the dishwasher, whatever. I mean, it's simple stuff like that, <laughs> but it's like, if I just reach out and touch him, it, it's a complete shift in the way he receives it. And you know what the big one, the real easy one for me is if we are, so the example I was going to give this morning, uh, I did this, oops, I backed out of my uh, garage and um, yeah. I'm so used to my little buzzer going off because my car tells me everything to do, correct? Well, the rock on the retaining wall was just low enough that I didn't buzz. Well, I knocked my muffler down. Uh, oh, no. oh, so we took it into the shop and Garrett, you know, he made all the appointment and blah, blah, blah. But we both were laughing because we got done. We dropped it off, we had the dog in the back and we had both made the comment. It's never that we go out at eight o'clock in the morning together to do something. That's not part of our typical routine. We're on calls, we're doing our work thing. And we had both noticed through March Madness that they were advertising that Wendy's had breakfast. And we're like, oh, oh did yeah. you know Wendy's had breakfast? I've never had breakfast at Wendy's. And he said, looks at me and he said, breakfast at Wendy's. And, <laughs> and we did. But my point is the simple thing was I never took my phone out. I never, the entire time, even though I should have been on, I bet I had 25 emails, right? People are trying to get in touch with me. Be, to honor his quality time, the simple thing, just like you touching the arm was for me, we, could, we laughed about, well, the first time we looked at a look at this, what a menu they have. And we uh -huh. talked about Zeke's head out the window and we caught up on the day, but just the pure fact of me not taking my phone out and I was engaged in the quality conversation with him, even if it was time in our car back and forth and the Wendy's drive through that meant a lot. And it was simply because that annoys him more than most people is if you're having a conversation with him or if I am and I'm engaged somewhere else, right? Yes. That's great. I love that. All right. So um, I it's speaking of other people, I recently discovered by accident, the love language of one of my colleagues that I work with. And what happened was there, you know, there's always been like this little, a little bit of tension and, and I, um, we were doing a shift in something and I I wanted to outline why we were shifting her to a different spot. And the reason was because she has all these strengths. And so I started going through some of her strengths and what she could bring to this new spot. And um, oh my gosh, she lit up. And it's been about a month since we had that conversation. And I've seen a complete shift in her confidence and her the way she relates to me. So. I think her love language is words of affirmation. <laughs> That's what I decided. I was like, I wonder if that is her love language. And I haven't confirmed that. But I was like, that shift was very uh, noticeable. It's been very noticeable the last month of somebody affirming her and her strengths. So here's another uh, complimentary story to what you're saying. A, a lady that I'm working with uh, on these workshops, um, of course, she was in on the workshop with me and we were talking about the love languages and uh, and then talking too about how you can pick up on someone's love language by, by their actions because we tend to give, like I'm a big giver of words of affirmation. I'm the queen of random texts. If I'm thinking about somebody, I share it because 
it's just a natural inclination. If it's something you value, you just assume everybody else values it too, and you give it. So I had sent her a text and I'm not going to find it right away, but, but basically it was after the conference saying, you know, you, thanks for being you. And, you know, you add a lot of value. And she said, look at you, your words, your love language is shining through baby. And it was just funny (laughs) because she picked up on my love language and the fact that that was a Sandy thing to do. But I thought, you know, back to a mutual partnership, it's good to understand that about each other. Right. Right. Completely. Actually, I think hers, hers, hers was uh, words of affirmation too. So I think it was, you know, even Uh, recognizing it back and forth. Yeah. Right. That's good. Um, Can I tell you my funny, can I tell you my funny love language story? Sure. Okay. So my funny love language story is when Garrett and I first started dating 12 years ago, um, you know, again, he tends to be a little bit more philosophical, uh, but we were having an argument about something and it wasn't a big deal. And he got off of the book and I might have the story a little bit wrong, but he basically introduced the book, the five love languages to me and said, we need to read this. Well, being as intuitive as I was, I also knew the reason it was on his bookshelf was because that, and there was another book and I can't remember what it was called, but they both had titles like love languages, fixing your relationship. And I, I, I intuitively knew that they probably were from counseling for, from his first wife. And I'm like, we're barely dating. And I mean, I kind of went ape on him and just said, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm not doing love counseling with you. And I thought it was the silliest name of a book. And so going forward, I never did do it. I kept saying to him, oh, are we going to talk about the five love languages? And I would always say it like that. (laughs) Get this. Fast forward back to you're not always right. Fast forward We were already married eight years later. So, oh, let's just say four years ago, we were in a couples group, um, a Christian-based couples group, a faith-based group. And one of the guys who is a doctor, but he used to be a minister, had us all read the love languages. And I loved it. And Garrett's like, okay, Sandy, tell him about when I asked you to read the love languages. (laughs) And, And then now fast forward, I can't get enough of it. I use it in my content. I use it all the time. But my point in that story is number one, it's kind of funny. And number two, don't be closed-minded when just from a title or being told that you don't need this just for counseling, right? Like in my mind, it's like, oh my gosh, he thinks we have to go to therapy already. Doing, engaging in things like this isn't because everything is bad. It's to make things better. That's my point. And my gut reaction was, what, who needs that? You know, we're all good. The love languages. I kind of wish it was called something different because when I do introduce it to people outside of couples, I have to explain that it that it does. It's not just about husband and wife, you know, whatever couple it is. It's also about any kind of relationship, and I kind of have to get over that hump when explaining it to people because because it, it it very much was written around couples. And you read the, you look at all the covers and the pictures. Uh, it's kind of a hurdle. I'm, I get it. It's where it started, but I almost wish it was rebranded. Yeah. Well, to continue on with that thought of rebranding, I will tell you if you go to their website, 
you can take the test for couples, for singles, for kids, yep. and there's one other category. So you can take the test so around. They have reworked it. Good. They've reworked it. So the website focuses on different areas. Good. Uh, so here's a question. Well, I got a couple of questions. Are your kids all different languages? Do you know? You know, I'd be, first of all, I'd be, I have never had them take it. Okay. I will now. I just haven't had them take it. So I'd be guessing. And I would guess that Grant is gifts would be my guess. I would guess that Ben is affirmation. And, you know, I think Zachary's affirmation too. That would be my guess. That's funny. I don't know that for sure. I pause on my youngest too. I'm always like, hmm, what is he? Yeah. My my oldest, she's acts of service, Reagan. Taylor is physical. And so when I read this, what they said to figure it out was for little kids who can't take the test mm -hmm. was to pay attention to how they give you love. Mm -hmm. And so how are they expressing love towards you? And so I noticed Reagan was doing things for me. And I was like, ah, so there's a light bulb moment. Right. Taylor always had to touch me. Like whenever she was talking to me, she was like rubbing my eyebrows. She was always touching me. So I'm like, all right. And she's still to this day when she comes home, it's like, she'll be talking to me and she's like hanging on me. So I'm always like, okay, she's physical. And then Cameron is words of affirmation. She loves the, a, a conversation and probably quality time too, but she likes, um, you know, you can just see her kind of light up when you give her words of affirmation. I think Trevor's words of affirmation too. But when he was younger, I thought he was physical because he was always laying next to me and on top of me and stuff. But um, as he's gotten older, it's more, I think, words of affirmation. Right, right. No, it's, and then think about, okay, think about this one. How about your parents? My mom would be acts of service, I think. That's a really good, I would say my mom's either words of affirmation or acts of service. That's I think it's quality question. time for my dad. Yep. I, and I'm going to say my sister might be receiving gifts. Um, I think one of my brothers is words of affirmation and the other one is uh, acts of service and that's just based off of back to you, you the same analogy you use for the kids because you can really relate that to your friendships and your family and then i think through too like when i talk to my dad quality time not being interrupted he's always so thankful when i take the time to call him you know when i spend time with my mother you know that's that's as important to him as it is to her nice so I will say, I think it could be different with adults though. You have to be very careful because when Tom took the test and um, I, like we were guessing each other's and where it all ranked. And I was like, I'm guessing acts of service is probably high up for you. And he was like, why do you say that? And I said, because whenever, whenever I'm mad at him, he starts doing things to try to make me <laughs> like, he's like, you know, you can just see like the let me see what I can do to make her happy. <laughs> so we started laughing about it. He's like, it's a very last for me. When I took the test, it was at the very bottom. So I was like, all right, so 
I was like, I don't know if that translates for everybody, what they do, but you know, his is physical and quality time. So how do you get to the bottom of it with adults without back to wanting to value them? How do you get to the bottom of it differently than the kids? What would be a good technique then to not misread them? Would it gauge the reaction and try different things and just be open-minded to what they respond to? Like your, your, uh, the, the person you work with. Yeah. You know what? I think that's probably a really good idea because if you try things and you notice what makes them light up, what makes them, it might be, um, that might work. I, I think you have to be super careful though, not to assume your language is the right language. Right. So, you know, I may right. have gotten lucky, but me noticing it with this person, um, I, I probably got lucky because that's my natural go-to. Like I haven't gone through all the things to see, you know? Right. So I think you gotta be careful. That's good homework for us yeah. though, Amy, right? Yeah, so that's one of my questions. How are you at speaking other languages? I mean, like you and Garrett, you know each other and you know what you need to work on, but what about the other ones? You know, I think Garrett gave me the toughest one because it's the one I'm least familiar with because it's always on the go, on the go, fill my day, fill my day. You know, what's my word? Time. Because I tend to fill my day with a ton of different things. And he is exactly the opposite. It's about the quality time and the few. So for learning it, quality time through him was a big help because I get that that's probably the furthest on my list back to like Tom saying his was acts of service. Um, I get gifts. I have a lot of friends that gifts are high. So I get that one and um, you know, the acts of service. So, you know, I think I tackled the hardest one with Garrett and getting to understand that. Yeah. And, and I yeah. think really for him was mine because he doesn't, you know, it's like your point on Tom saying words of affirmation, what, yeah. you know, he, he didn't want to get kicked in the face, but he doesn't need the words either. Right. So they just don't mean that much. To yeah. Him. Tom and I are complete opposites. His absolute bottom is words of affirmation. My absolute bottom is physical. So for the two of us being super intentional about right. how we're communicating right. and, and I'm just going to tell you it's practice every day. <laughs> learning. Yeah, exactly. We're learning every day. <laughs> so all right. So, so do we have any good questions? Um, what's the real in this situation and what's the ideal? The ideal is always growing. Just what you said, practicing, stopping, pausing, um, seeking to understand, don't do tea leaves and jumping to conclusions, yeah. but trying to bring out the best value in people by valuing the way that that makes them happy. Right. right. And trying to figure that out. Right. Or is that, that, that would be the idea, wouldn't it? Trying to figure it out, trying to understand. I like the word that you said, understanding. Just understand that we're not all speaking the same language. And the real is we don't speak the same language. Right. <laughs> and there's even variations. Look at us. We have, you know, your gifts and my, you know, my words of affirmation might be very different than one of my son's words of affirmation. There's even, there's subtle differences in what that means. It's not that easy. Here's my love language. Oh, I got it all figured out. Right. Right. The real is even a deeper understanding. So words of affirmation, I did look up 
I found this chart um, and it had how to communicate, actions to take and things to avoid. And I thought those were the things to avoid were very interesting because it was like, you know, avoid not recognizing or appreciating effort. I mean, that's a big one for me. If somebody just totally ignores that I even tried, then it's like, all right, <laughs> I'm moving on. <laughs> right. Because to me, that's a waste of time. Why would I put time and energy? That's why I want the feedback. Because if I'm, I, I, you know, I'm going to die. It's, it's inevitable, right? Things, yeah. I have an, uh, so much time and I want to invest it in people and things that appreciate it. That's important to me. It's like, a, it's almost like a feedback loop. Yeah. So quality time. Here's a good one. Things to avoid distractions when spending time together, which you know that like your phone, long stance stents without one-on-one -on -one time. Oh, drives him crazy. Like he, he gets in a funk, his happiness factor, his happiness factor is really affected by quality time, which is, you know, it, very much so. If he's not having a good day, or if we say, what's your happiness factor? He's like, we've had, you know, we haven't really talked meaningfully in two days. And oh, I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did fun oh, things. I was never alone, right? It was with other people. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that interesting? Oh, how much fun. All right. Um, wrap question today is, do you remember your dreams? You know, here's what's really funny is I just, I, okay. So the, the answer to that question is, if they, if, if I wake up, if I'm in a really deep sleep and I wake up suddenly, I'll remember the dream. Okay. And it's, and I almost have to repeat it in my mind and out loud to keep it fresh. Otherwise it's gone, but I have some very vivid dreams that I remember. But the funny thing is, is my dream. I was telling Garrett about it back to our quality time back and forth with my little muffler work on my vehicle. Um, I was dreaming last night that I was trying to get the boys ready for school at Wenceslas and Ben had ripped his uniform pants. And they, they, there was, I mean, I'm not kidding you, Amy, mounds and mounds of clothes that weren't put away, like the, like this, this ungodly amount of clothes. And I was going through them trying to find uniform pants and Zach had on a pair. I mean, this went on and on and on. He had a pair of shorts when he was supposed to have pants. You know, and if anybody who sent their kids where you wore uniforms, you know the pain I'm going through and it wouldn't stop. And I needed to go to work and everybody was gonna be late and Zach had a test and it just went on and on and on. Never did find the pants. So interpret that one for me, Amy. But that was my dream last night. I love that. I used to have some recurring dreams around college. Like I, like I would have a final and I never gone to the class. And I, I had a lot of college ones. I, I never went college to ones. the class and I got to take this test. And um, then were you worried about I, what the score was going to be in the end? Like, did I flunk the class? Do you? That, that, that would be part of mine with that college. Cause the college one comes back quite a bit for me. We'll have to do a little dream analysis. Yeah. So it do you remember your dreams? It has stopped for me. Okay. I do. So I didn't for a while, but I had to, um, I learned this technique of putting a post-it on your mirror. So when you wake up in the morning, it says, uh, what did you dream about? So what did I dream about? Ooh. So that in the morning, you see that right away. And it, after a couple of weeks of seeing it, you'll start remembering your dreams. Okay. I like it. It works. You great tips. Okay. I, I, I like it, worked, it worked for me. I'll just say that. 
I'm doing this little thing in April yeah. where I'm posting so, a picture a day of my kids. They all have April birthdays. So I'm like, you know what? Rather than waiting and doing this big, I'm just, it's kind of fun. And I pulled out journals, but it's funny. One of the pictures I pulled out today because it was fresh in my mind or I chose was Zach. He has his uniform shorts on because <laughs> I just dreamed about it. Oh. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. <laughs> take a picture. Oh, and I can relate to that, uh, that nightmare, the uniform nightmare. <laughs> All right, so Sandy, I see you're taking a great yes, picture I'm hopeful of your chimes. <laughs> I, hope, I, I tried, I tried. Good. Thank you so much for this conversation. This was good. Uh, if you haven't ever read The Love Languages, um, we have a link to a podcast that you can just listen to. It's going to be in our show notes, and um, it's a good conversation and an introduction to it that might make you want to pick it up and read it. It's a good book. Awesome. All right. All right. Thank you, Amy. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.